The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to our Week 6 NALCS Guess the Lines podcast. We have had a ton of time to, you know, really think about what we saw in North America in Week 5. Obviously, none of the North American teams attended IEM Katowice, so they've had time to go back to the drawing board and practice and, and try to make some sense out of things because... As of right now, I think uh, a lot of teams have some very sizable question marks to answer. And for all of that, and to break down where we stand on everything, I am, of course, joined by my good friend and co-host, Walter Ciedes Fedchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I just have a, a giant grin on my face, Chase. You can't see it because you don't, you don't get to see my video, but... <laughs> oh, man. Can I just say that that tweet I made on Sunday after TSM beat FlyQuest, that I am the smuggiest of all smug TSM fans. It's still here. That eating grin is still on my face because I feel vindicated. I even feel more vindicated by the speech I gave on our Week 5 podcast because the first words out of Bjergsen's mouth on TSM Legends this week was, you know, after that Echo Fox loss, Reggie came in and talked to us. I am a god. <laughs> All right, I am psychic. I have psychic powers. It's not helping us in Europe at all. But man, oh man, do I know TSM to a T and know exactly how everything works. I am a genius. I am a certifiable genius. And you should all bow down before me and my mighty predictions because I oh, it felt great. It felt great to beat the smirk off of Cloud9 and FlyQuest fans. It felt great. I- I mean, I am going to say, there's a difference between psychic powers and pattern recognition, which I think is more what came psychic. up today. I, I wrote my North American power rankings on LCS Predict, and you laid out the formula last week exactly the way it is. I don't know why anyone is surprised by the result. I know that Cloud9 fans were... Not particularly happy in the comments section last week. The numbers really didn't like them last week. They definitely don't like them anymore as far as the advanced stats go. I think there's some vindication on that. I think that this is also what happens when the region as a whole is very lacking in terms of that top-tier team like what Immortals was last spring or like TSM and Immortals were last summer. This is the kind of turbulent chaos that we see at the top of the charts and... 
Certainly, Reggie seems to have this magical power that just rallies TSM forward. I'm assuming this is your positive of the week, Walter. I'm oh, absolutely. Abs, you better <laughs> believe it's my positive. Granted, it, it, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a 4-0. I never said it was going to be a 4-0. But there was a consistent turnaround. And despite the fact of perhaps one of the most mind-numbing and stupid decisions, I compared it to Pete Carroll throwing it from the one-yard line when he has the best running back in the NFL. I don't understand why you put both your teleports in the same lane with the Nautilus. It just seems stupid to me, especially when you have an open inhibitor and an open nexus. It seems really stupid. And uh, TSM Legends didn't do anything to assuage my concerns of like, oh, afterwards they were just kind of all quiet and standing around and Parth was looking at his notebook like, hmm, it seems like we may have had some miss, miss, might have missed our pick band phase in some way. Let's be clear, Cloud9 should not, or FlyQuest should not have won that game. Cloud9 no. shouldn't have won that game either. But FlyQuest should not have won that game. TSM had clawed back. They were in the driver's seat. And just a, a, a lack of intelligence, a lack of awareness of, hmm, maybe we shouldn't have two teleports in the same lane. You aren't going to kill a Nautilus. You aren't going to push that lane and get that inhibitor tower. It was just mind-numbingly stupid. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's still my up because I'm a TSM fan and, you know? Yeah, no. They hate us because they ain't us. Look, you got to celebrate after this week. That's the whole point of this whole fandom thing. What's the point of, you know, allowing yourself to get drowned in the misery when things are going poorly if you're not going to celebrate when things are going well? I didn't have TSM as my highlight. I had Phoenix One as my up for the week. I think Phoenix won last week. I was very disappointed in how things looked. Perhaps Inori was really feeling the weight of the personal issues that he's currently dealing with, and as far as I can tell, is Steel dealing with? I haven't seen anything that says he's going to be back this week. But Meteos, man, it turns out that for everything we said about him at Worlds and for every flaw that he had in North America last split, turns out that he can still put up... It's, it's, it's not quite Tim Duncan kind of consistency, but it's that whole... Look, you need... You need a double-double from me. You need, you know, 10 rebounds, 15 points. I can do a 15 and 10 every night. I can do that. And he did just enough here. He did just enough to allow Arrow, who is the real superstar of this team, and who needs to start getting attention for that fact, because his playmaking ability is insane for this current meta that we're in right now. And Ryu's roaming abilities, that just starts going online. The system works. It's clearly present. Now it's just about doing it more consistently. But, you know, Walter, with every up, there is a down. And I think... There's a very clear down this week, and you mentioned it on yesterday's podcast, so I'm just going to give you the floor, my friend. Please tell me how you feel about Team Liquid's recent roster moves. So all is fair in love and war. All is fair in love and war, and I'm going to use my powers for good here, Team Liquid, because as I've proven last week, I am a savant and I am psychic, and when I give one of these speeches... Um, Teams turn it around. So I'm going to try it this week on Liquid. We're going to see if it works. And if it doesn't work, um, well, I'm just going to blame it on Steve because I think Team Liquid's problems have to be blamed on the big boss. I think they ultimately come down to Steve. Not Joka Steve, not anyone else. It, it's Steve, Liquid 122, one, yeah, whatever. 112, Aaron set. You haven't had a truly successful team 
in your entire tenure as owner of Team Curse slash Team Liquid. Mm-hmm. You've had high moments. You've had some moments where you've come out of the regular season. You look like, oh, man, this is a really good team. And then you flounder in the playoffs. And at some point, you have to look at yourselves and you have to go, what are we doing wrong? And I think the problem is you hold on to players or coaches for too long. Mm-hmm. I think they wait that extra beat. Where Bill Belichick is you know, six months ahead of it and he releases Chandler Jones and we're like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he makes these moves that just blow your mind because you're like, wasn't he like the defensive rookie of the year in the AFL? Like, what are you, what, what are you doing? It's the opposite. They just they don't know when to get rid of their assets. And this is something that with NBA trade deadline they, they've been talking about. They talked about with Boogie Cousins. Oh, they didn't get rid of him soon enough. They didn't have leverage. At the end of the day, they had to take less. And they've done this with Nijacki. They did this with Elements back in the curse days. Uh, they've done this across the board. They did it with I Will Dominate. They, there was no reason he should have played week one when he had Dardock. None. Mm-hmm. Not at all. There was no reason. And inexplicably, and I said this before, I don't hate Piglet. I don't dislike him. There's nothing personal here. He's never kicked my dog. He's never done anything except his attitude. And his persona is that of he was a world champion in season three. We're in season seven. That championship means nothing. That player, the player who played in season three does not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can make it the fault of the meta. We can make it the fault of maybe his skills have diminished. We can get older. Maybe it's that he doesn't have friends. Whatever. We can put whatever excuse on it. But you're looking at a guy that you've replaced twice already. Once with Keith McBrief, and once last year with Fabby and Jit. Twice. Twice you have replaced this player. And you are still sitting on your laurels. And you are sitting back, Steve, and you're going, we're going to change something with Picklet again. And this time you're putting him in the mid lane. And maybe it's just, oh, well, we'll have two Koreans and that'll be the big thing is that's, you know, it's the jungle pressure, the jungle that matters and they used to have good, you know, good communication with the mid laner. But there's been nothing out of Piglet that's showing that he has laning mechanics this split. There has not been anything that goes like, oh, yeah, Piglet is a master of playing the laning phase right now. Him and Matt look terrible in laning phase. They look like the worst bot lane in the, in the LCS. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't, you know, I, I would love to say maybe it's Keith and Gabe, but it's not. If they are the worst spot lane. There's been nothing for me to see that he is a, going to be an excellent laner and, and changing his position. This is like, okay, well, this is a long-term move, but, but Steve, you've replaced him twice. You're moving him out of his natural position. Again, this is third strike and you're out. Like, if, if you're still going to stick to your guns and you're still going to stick with this player... This guy better be the second best mid laner in North America. I I just learn from your mistakes. You've done this way too often. Way too often. Yeah. And if you want to be a successful team, you need to finally take a step back and say, okay, it, it, it just isn't working. I don't know if I, I don't know if he's got blackmail on you. I don't know if you just locked him up for a 10-year contract and you're like, well, there's an out clause after year five, so we just gotta get I I don't know. But the stubbornness that you're showing with this player, it's, it's going to be your downfall. 
This could relegate you, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, what do you mean, gonna be? Like, at this point, shouldn't we be looking at, at Liquid and saying, how did this team, like, what formerly Team Curse, have so many star players, have so many personalities, and so many rosters that, on paper, should have succeeded, and zero LCS Finals appearances, not victories, appearances. They have never made it. To the finals of an LCS split. That is bonkers for an organization that has existed as long as they have, that got venture capital money at, you know, before a lot of people. I don't understand. And, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I've brought up sunk cost fallacy a lot on this podcast because I do think that's where we are with Liquid. But at some point, you have to look at who this management is and you have to look at Steve as. Not just the owner of the team who does nice Q&As every once in a while, but also the guy who has gone after journalists who have dared to say anything negative about his team and said that they were hacks or completely unfair or whatever else. Let's not forget what he said to Kelsey Moser after she debunked the whole Year of Lorlo thing. Who's the one who looks silly about that now, Steve? Who, who I'm almost sure is listening to this because... He seems to listen to everything that people say about his team. We've seen some sass from him about our own show before. And so if you are listening, Steve, I'm just going to say this straight up to you. I, we, I have no animosity towards you. I genuinely don't. We've said a lot of harsh things about you in this show and in previous shows. But I would love for you to prove us wrong. But at this point... What evidence is there that we should believe you? What is the thing that you have changed about your approach to team building that shows that you have understood why this roster has continuously performed well below the expectations? At some point, you have to look at this and say that the process by which we are coming to these decisions is not working. And if you don't have another way to do it, Maybe it's time to hire someone who does, because this is not acceptable. And if, you know, I'm saying that with no investment in Liquid, I have seen what the Liquid fans are saying, and that is not the brand that you want to be building. You've got to come up with something different and to show that you actually understand how the decisions that you made got you to this point and have gotten you to a very similar point way too often and it's never been this bad and i understand that but we kind of knew it wasn't good right this is not a surprise are, are people surprised C by this at this point C clg hit this moment two years ago yes they hit this moment where where liquid is now and, and, and to be fair liquid hit this moment back as curse when uh, uh back with the season three qualifiers, when they actually had to get into uh, into the LCS, yes, and and they had this nice run where they're they're mid tier, you know, third and fourth place finishes across the board, you know, as low as six. They won a round robin in 2015 summer. They were the best team, and then they placed third. This has to be your moment, where Steve, whoever is in charge of all your business decisions, that when CLG made the move to go to Devin Nash. That was when CLG picked it up. They made some smart personnel decisions. They went with some good young players. Yes. That that no one really had a lot of 
knowledge about. They went with Hui, who had been very, very limited in the Challenger scene, that had showed a little bit of promise. Stixay was not this big name out there, but he'd been in the system. They trusted him. Yeah, and not only that, but it is worth noting, they let Doublelift go. This big-name personality that people thought was irreplaceable, they moved on from. And were fine. And they're still a team that has had success. I think that's worth noting, right? Like, this is... Like, this is the kind of move you have to take if you're going to retool the team atmosphere and make something that can work in the long run. But, and, and, and Liquid made that move. They made that move bringing in Borlow. They made that move bringing in Dardock. They made that move bringing in Matt. But when push came to shove for them to get rid of Double Lift, to get rid of the, the, the cancer inside the team atmosphere, he balked. Yeah. He balked at it. He did. And, and I can guarantee you, Piglet is not selling Team Liquid jerseys right now. He is not making sponsors. You know, he's not doing things for sponsors. He is not doing anything that is actually helpful to your brand today. So if you want to die on this hill, all means go for it. I have no love for Steve Aronset as a person, as a owner, as anything. I, I despise the man. I think he is a, a, a terrible person in my view. But I respect that Liquid is one of the OGs. I respect that Curse has been around since season two. That I watched at the beginning of Curse when Saint and, and Boy Boy and Nijacky, that, that was awesome to watch when this third threat sort of appeared and actually started to nip at the heels of TSM and CLG. It was awesome to watch. But you're on this hill by yourself and your own fans are, are, are fleeing from you. And there's, there's no, you know that. You wouldn't be doing all this press. You wouldn't be doing all these Facebook Live things. You wouldn't be doing all this if you weren't scared to death that your fan base was going to depart you. And you can die, you're going to die on this Piglet Hill alone. My hope is that you don't get relegated. Because I remember when Dignitas got relegated, it broke my heart. Because yeah. as much as they weren't a good team, as much as there were the jokes about mouse pads and all that stuff, they were still one of the OGs. And I still respect that. And I still think that in League of Legends, we need to have these names. We're, we're at a point here where it'd be like, what if the NFL had lost the Chicago Bears? What if the Bears just ceased to exist in the NFL? And they're one of the OGs in NFL history. Yeah. If they just cease to exist. I can't imagine a world where that happens. Man, could so, you imagine if, the, if Seattle lost the Sonics? That would be crazy. I mean, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about here. Not that I'm bitter in the slightest or now moved in Seattle in any way. I'm just happening. So, <laughs> random example. Random example. So, so the, the, the last thing I have to say to you, Steve, is you're on your hill. This is General RNSet's last stand, last ride. I hope that if you do survive this, that you understand you can't do it alone. You bring in some smart people around you and you really take a good hard look at your toxic assets and go, I think it's time to cut bait. Yeah. I think that is the smartest off-season decision they can make would be to cut Piglet. And I just hope that they're cutting him from an LCS team and not a Challenger Series team. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on it. Good, good luck, Steve. Good luck to all the players on Liquid. You're really going to need it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know... We'll see what happens. Obviously, there is the whatever percentage chance you want to put on it that this does, in fact, work out. And as I've always said, I think League of Legends is more fun when everyone's doing well. I would prefer to see that because that is a more fun world than having 
Liquid become like what Rocket and Origin currently are in Europe. I just, this is this move that screams, we need to change something. We've already invested too much money, so here we are, rather than this is the best path to succeed. And I, for one, can't wait until the meta shifts, and now it's an 80-centric carry meta, and Piglet's not playing 80 carry, so then you have to switch back, and maybe Youngbin, who's the mid-main, would then become the mid laner, and this is just going to be uh, a story to watch. You know what else is a thing that you should be watching? You should be watching our Smart Money Bets in North America, because we have been killing it over there. We had TSM plus 170 over Cloud9. We had TSM plus 120 over FlyQuest. Oh, look at that! It worked look out. So far look at that! <laughs> and, you know, Immortals plus 105 over CLG almost came through. That was a very close oh. bet. I, I don't feel badly about that one. I'd, I'd still make that bet nine times out of ten. Yeah. And overall, what that meant is that we had, uh, you know, we made $190 last week. That brings our total for the split uh, to $410 in North America. So if you're following both podcasts, we're still turning a profit. No matter how bad things have gotten in Europe, we have been even better in North America. So we're going to keep on going to some actual games now. And we start with Immortals versus Team Liquid. We just went all in on, on Team Liquid. I don't feel like we have anything we could add on that team. Immortals. Is this team in a position where they're going to be able to handle this game in the way that we believe they should? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think there's there's three, three very clear tiers in, in North American LCS. There's your top four. Uh, which I think could kind of shake themselves out into almost any order at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, you have your next four, which are going to be the teams that are fighting for playoff spots, and then you have Liquid and Envious, who haven't shown that they really can keep up with the other eight teams above them for a, a, any consistency. Like, yeah, they're, they've stolen a couple series here and there, um, but it hasn't been anything to write home about. Liquid is beaten... CLG and Echo Fox, which they are the tier above them, uh, but they also lost to Envious. They, you know, they lost to Dignitas. They lost to Immortals, who are above them, um, and they got two owed by Immortals last time they played. So, I, I don't think that the first series in this crazy roster swap is going to do anything to like knock Immortals off their seat. Um, they handled their business against Echo Fox, which I thought was very, very telling. And like you said, it was a very, very close series against CLG. Um, I think it said a little bit more about CLG than it did Immortals. I think CLG just had a, a little bit extra in the tank. Yes. Has, you know, just a little bit more nitros in their, their NOS tank. So I, we'll see. I don't see this game tripping Immortals up, though. I think they're definitely on the rise, and Liquid's kind of stagnated. It certainly feels that way. I, I have some misgivings as an Immortals fan. I, I think that there are uh, big concerns, especially in the bot lane. When you're giving up a tower at six minutes and you didn't even die or get ganked during that time, that's a concern. That is a genuine concern yeah, that that's... really needs to be fixed. I don't, it, I don't know what you have to do to hide that weakness, but you've got to do something because this is not how you want this to go. But it should be enough against Liquid. It should be enough against a Youngbin and Matt bot lane. God, this split just got weird. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Uh, so I said Immortals minus 333. Okay, I get this one. 
Are you ready for this? I don't think you're ready for this, Walter. Because I said Immortals minus 300. It is Immortals minus 164. Uh, what's the 2-0? Uh, that is a very good question. I will look that up right now, but in the meantime, I, I'm assuming that this just means that they didn't take the roster change into account? I'm trying to they imagine not have. how they possibly could have taken it into account. Um, the, uh, 2-0 is plus 175 for Immortals. That's just something to keep in mind. We might come back to that one. I, that's, that's very interesting the two I think is very it, it's it's strongly possible, but at the same time, like I guess maybe they could come out and yeah, Piglet does some weird possibly. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it, is Midvera still a thing? Is that like because that wouldn't take much transition at all? Sort of. Yeah. It's it's not like a huge thing, but it's still it exists. <laughs> there you go, Team Liquid. Bank bank on that faith right there. It exists. The plan is real. Let's go Phoenix 1 versus CLG. This is going to be a very interesting matchup, I believe. You know, you talked about the top four being pretty clear right now, and I think Phoenix 1 is solidly in that point. But CLG is nipping at the heels of that particular section. And this is something that we've seen a precedent for, right? Last year in the summer, started off pretty weak the first couple weeks, ended up turning out to be a playoff team that, you know, made a enough of a run to qualify via points for Worlds. Do you believe that we're seeing a similar path for CLG, or is that trying to put a narrative onto a different situation? It's trying to put a narrative, I think, onto a different situation. I think the other teams around them are going to give them a little bit more of a chase for that, you know, those last two playoff spots. Um, I, like I said, I think Phoenix 1 is up in that upper tier, whether it's Meteos or Inori. I am slightly worried that, you know, the honeymoon phase will eventually end on Meteos, but I'm I'm just not sure. He seems to be much freer in the Phoenix 1 system. He definitely seems to be allowed to play his sort of style. And Yonkos and, and Meteos, to me, share kind of a similar style, where Yonkos, yes, he has that really early grade, super aggressive, I'm going to gank, 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 but he does on occasion fall back into a very herbivore heavy farm style we've seen on things like his Olaf where you know his first couple of ganks don't really work out then he's like all right I'm gonna power farm to six and you know power farming to six has been a medial special since 2013 let's just be honest about that so I want to see a larger sample size to see exactly how medios fits in with them but arrow god he's good Arrow might be the best player in North America this split. Like, he's not going to win MVP. He's not because he's not he's not a sexy pick to win MVP. But he is by far the most consistent. And he has been the linchpin to Phoenix 1's success. When teams have beaten Phoenix 1, it's been because in team fights, teams go all out for Arrow. Yes. They will go right past Nori. They'll go right past the front line. They say, we kill Arrow, we probably win the fight. And uh, it's been moments where they just, just barely catch him out of position and blow him up. And then Phoenix 1 has to play, you know, a 4v5 team fight. Um, so we'll see. I just don't think CLG has the guns. Like, they lost a game to Liquid. Yeah. That, that's what everyone's like, oh, you know, CLG went 2-0 last week. Yeah, but they went 2-1, 2-1. Yeah, <laughs> those were not clean victories. And they yeah. were not clean victories against teams that aren't necessarily seen as that great. 
I don't know if Immortals right now is one of my six favorite teams in, in North America in terms of who I predicted make the playoffs. I'm gonna I'm gonna read out something for you, Walter, because I we haven't done like a, a guess of the stat line in a while. Um, player number one has a 3.0 KDA, 70.6% kill participation, uh, 4.9 CS per minute. So that should give away the position. Uh, 353 damage per minute, 17.3% of the team's damage, uh, 238.4 earned gold per minute. Player number two, 3.1 KDA, 71.0% kill participation. Uh, we're looking at uh, 5.0 CS per minute, a 414 damage per minute, and 237.4 earned gold per minute. Can, who's can player A and who's player B? Can you give me a position? Uh, jungle. This, these are two junglers. Almost like, identical stat lines, right? We can agree on that? Like yeah, those, are, those, are, those are pretty... I, I mean, you're going to tell me they're both Meteos, right? <laughs> uh, line number one is Meteos. Player B was Inori. Okay. Almost the exact same production. Meteos doesn't go. have to be amazing in order to be what Phoenix 1 needs. He needs to be what Inori was. Like, decent, yeah. And, you know, Inori is decent with upside, whereas I think Meteos is just decent. But that's enough right now. And there's a honeymoon period that Meteos is having because it feels like Phoenix 1 is more willing to play his style of play versus Cloud9. Yeah. Um, you can argue whether or not that's a good or bad thing, and I think there are interesting conversations around that. But it's enough right now. I, I think it should put them as... As favorites against CLG, where do you think the line should be, Walter? Uh, I have Phoenix 1 at minus 175. I think there's going to be a pretty harsh correction from the 2-0 over Cloud9. Okay, you got this one. Hey! I said Phoenix 1 minus 150. It is Phoenix 1 minus 164. Okay, that's Which fair. puts CLG at plus 125. I just want to remind you, this is the same line as the one we just saw. So Immortals is just as favored over Team Liquid as Phoenix 1 is over CLG, according to Unicorn. Fun fact of the day. Take with that as you will. I, I, don't, I don't think they're accounting for sealed or for Team Liquid's roster changes at all. Like, yeah. Well, that, that's what that tells me, is that there, there's no accounting for the Team Liquid roster changes, which, I mean, if you want some pretty easy money, I might just take Immortals straight up. Like, not yeah. make it a 2 or anything. Like, it's still, yeah, it's minus 164, but, like, that still is kind of free. Yeah. And that's still okay. Yeah. Well, oh. we'll have to go over which value bet we want to take, but I think there are more coming along the way, Walter. Echo Fox versus Cloud9. Cloud9, I wrote in my preview, uh, or my power rankings, I should say, for North America, that this kind of felt like, you know, this was maybe the, the Emperor revealing that he didn't have clothes on. You know, we kind of... <laughs> Had this notice of like, oh, wait a I second, like this emp this powerful person that we really like and wanted to be good might have some clear flaws that are a problem. The it question to you, Walter, sad. is are those flaws going to get in the way against Echo Fox? I mean, it's an even week. So Echo Fox magic does say that, like, they're going to 2-0 and crush it this week, right? Um... I think Echo Fox's problems last week were were macro oriented, where they didn't really understand um, how to make the champions they were playing work together. I think two weeks off is going to be pretty helpful. 
But at the same time, I think two weeks off is going to be kind of helpful for Cloud9 too. They're going to get a chance to regroup. They're going to try and figure out like, okay, what does our what is our identity going to be? Because the TSM game, like the TSM series, I can forgive them. Game two was a pretty strong win by Cloud9. And even games one and three was like, it was still kind of close for a little bit. Game three was a little less so. TSM just really did put on the gas and put their foot on Cloud 9's throat and said, okay, breathe now. No, 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 breathe, breathe, no, up, up, bye. Um, but, but Phoenix 1 was a, a thrashing. Yes. That was, that was quite disturbing if you were arguing for Cloud 9's potency as a North American team. Um, I, I look at Uncle Fox, I look at a team that has one of the best early game ratings, which translates into that early game aggression, Acadian, uh, has been phenomenal. Again, my rookie of the split right here. Pretty easy money on it. Um, I just, I'm not confident in Echo Fox. I, I don't believe that it's just going to be this even week, odd week type thing. I I feel like they just struggle a little bit too much with patches. And I trust Cloud9's staff their infrastructure coming out of a, a two-week break more so than i do echo foxes yeah so I, I think, it might be a close series but i think cloud nine is gonna win it i think that's very fair i think that you know it's it's funny because it depends on how you view the echo fox curse because if it's odd weeks and even weeks then this week echo fox is good but if you think it's every other week well we just took a week off from iem katavitsa so that would mean that this is actually every another every other week so this would be another bad week and both of those ideas have become eminently more silly over time because anyone who watched echo fox last week yeah. it wasn't because echo fox didn't understand the patch the drafts were fine it was right. they are all in on the early game and if they get stopped they're in trouble i have a question for you walter where do you think cloud nine is in their egr without looking compared to the rest of the league oh i i already looked oh you already looked uh, they're 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 uh Seven. They're eight. eight. They're 46.6 right now. That is terrible. That is, is. that's a real concern. And, you know, I think for Cloud9 fans, the the counter argument is clearly, well, but we team fight really well, right? We have great shot calling. We know how to work together as a unit. And that's all well and good. But it is very hard to play from behind every week. That is a very hard way to try to make your way through. And... I think that's something Cloud9's got to address at some point. I think Echo Fox is as good a team as any to figure out how to fix that problem. Where do you think the line is, Walter? I, listen, like, you, you bring up they're playing from behind. They're not playing from behind, like, a massive deficit. It's only a couple hundred gold on average. Um, so I, I don't think they're playing from these massive deficits. And when we say they're playing from behind, it's, you know, they're playing from behind by, like, five points if you're talking about a basketball well, game. Well, but we have to, so. we have to acknowledge... That is a number that is adjusted by the fact that they have had several stops, right? So the average deficit has been negative 214 gold at 15 minutes. But for a team that has won as many games as they have, just imagine how bad that number is in losses. Yeah, That's the problem. That's That's the position that they put themselves in constantly. And the few games in which they beat up on bad teams, that's going to keep the average from being all that bad. But it certainly ain't good. I'll put it that way. It's a concern. That's fair. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Uh, I said Cloud9 minus 400. Okay. We both got it exactly. It is minus 400. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
It's the most obvious line I think we've had in a while. Uh, totally nice. fair. I don't think that uh, Echo Fox at plus 275 is a valuable bet. So, I yeah, I don't think so either. We're going to keep going. Uh, we'll talk about FlyQuest later when they face off against... Uh, or, or Yeah, FlyQuest later when they face off against Cloud9. So let's just quickly do this one. FlyQuest versus Envious. Where do you think the line should be? FlyQuest Fly Quest minus 666 because Envy is bad. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, that's an accomplishment for Envious, right? They went from terrible to just bad. That's something. That's, yeah, I guess. That's forward progress. As a Rocket fan, I'd kill to be just bad. Like, that would be wonderful. Uh, I am going to get this one. I said FlyQuest minus 600. It is FlyQuest minus 375, which seems very low. Not enough to give us value on the bet, obviously, because the 2-0 is still a negative. But just lower than I think it, it should be. I'm surprised by that line um, being what it is. We're going to move forward, though. For I, mm, that's... Mm. Yeah. Mm, it's actually... Okay. It's even odds for the 2-0 for FlyQuest. Just for the record, it is, it is literally even. Yeah, that's not worth anything. It's not, but it's... Uh, it's just a very interesting line. Let's keep going. TSM versus Counterlogic Gaming. The rivalry match that everyone has been waiting for. Listen, this this is <laughs> this is a rivalry match like the Cardinals versus the Cubs was a rivalry match for most of the 2000s. Like it wasn't. Ooh. It really wasn't. Let's be honest. It really wasn't a rivalry match until you get into the teens where the Cubs start to get kind of good. I mean, even the last couple of years, then the Cubs got good. Like, this is, it's when the, it's like when the Celtics and the Lakers played against each other in the mid-2000s, and it was like Paul Pierce against Shaq and Kobe. Like, the Yankees versus the Red Sox in the early 2000s, where the Red Sox were awful. I, like, come on, this, I don't want to be that dismissive. It's a historical rivalry. Yeah, and rivalries that have literally taken place in LCS finals, three, two of the last three splits. So I feel like that's maybe not fair to CLJ. I, I, I just, but I just view Cloud9 as bigger rivals at this point. That's the problem, is I just view Cloud9 as a bigger rival for us than, than CLG. Especially after how Summer Split and now you know, the Spring Split are turning out of CLG kind of fading back into the middle of the pack. It's fair. I, it's, I, I'm sorry, Hotshot. Like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like, I, you're still, there's still animosity between us, just like naturally, but <laughs> there's also some like... I wish you guys were better. Like, man, I don't want to just beat up on you guys again. Like, that's not fun. I think that's the bigger problem is that it's it's not that it wasn't a rivalry because over the last two years, taken as a whole, I think it's very clearly established itself as a legitimate rivalry, especially after Doublelift trying to, he made his heel that, turn, that's, if you will. That's kind of true, yeah. That, like, it. there's a lot of his you know, weight to that. But I also do think that there's an argument to be made that this game would be way more fun if CLG was good. I think the best Absolutely. parts of the TSM-CLG rivalry were after CLG turned the corner and went all in on the 6A plan and then beat TSM with it. That was an yeah. amazing moment, and I want more of those for CLG. Do you think they're ready for that at this point in time, no. or are they still nope. too nope. far away? Nope, 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 nope. And if you guys come back on Monday... When we did a very special podcast for you, you'll figure out some of my thoughts on that. Because we did little little teaser. Come back on Monday. We did a nice little podcast where we'll talk about some of my, my thoughts on CLG. But no, I 
Uh, okay, I'll give it away. I think after summer, this entire roster gets blown up. It's I don't think... Play. I think one person might stick around from this team, and it's probably Sticks A, unless some team offers him a boatload of money. TSM. TSM. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I just... I feel like this this roster has kind of run its course and now they're just kind of riding out the last legs of it because they didn't do any changes in the off season. And when you go, you know, two splits basically of mediocrity. Yeah. I guess in the, you know, the spring summer split, you know, off season there, you can try and do something, but you know, a someday is not going to be available necessarily. A Smeb's not going to be available. Like the big name stars are probably locked into their teams for the whole year. So I, I think we'll probably see maybe one change in that offseason, and then in the summer that'll be when they do like a wholesale, all right, let's clean house and start over. Yeah. But, uh, and uh, I will say CLG is very – they've put themselves into an interesting corner, right, because they've built their team without any imports right now. And I don't think they one. want to go back to the – well, yeah, I guess who is technically an import. That's true. Yep. So one import, but it's not a Korean import, which is what we usually, that's what we're used to seeing in North America, right? So it does have this weird feeling like they don't want to build that way. And, you know, we've heard people argue about why you should or should not build your team in in that way towards the kind of Korean imports that we've seen. And I I think it's a very interesting argument, but it has put them in a corner where if they're going to look to find North American talent to replace some of the struggling pieces right now, I don't know where you're looking. I, I hey, just... C- CLG Black is boot camping in Europe, so. Ooh, okay. I did not know that. That, yeah, is, that, that is, is interesting. Yeah, they went off to Europe to do some boot camping, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. I uh, will have to look forward to that. I'm looking forward to this matchup because I do think a TSM victory here would cement their spot at the top of the table, like uh, where they are right now. That's... This is, this is the game you need to win, and it would be nice to see a 2-0, which we haven't seen them do against anyone other than Envious. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the, the victory against Cloud9 was more important, though, because that even that season, well, it didn't. Technically, Cloud9 still wins the tiebreaker. Exactly. I think, I think that was a big win to get. Sure, but you've got, I mean, welcome to the top of the table. Every win is a win you have to get. That's just how this yeah, works that's now. True. That's true. Where's the line, Walter? I said TSM minus 200. Okay, you get this one. I was too low. I said minus 180. It is TSM minus 227, which puts CLG at plus 170. And CLG fans who are feeling confident in their team and feeling like last week was a step forward, it's worth considering. No, You're not going no, there. No, 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 no. I'm not no, going there. No. Because here, here's the problem. Here's the problem, CLG fans. You're going to get all this false hope, and you're going to put unicorns on this, and it's going to fail. And then you're going to be doubly embarrassed about it because you're going to you're going to have lost unicorns. You're going to have lost money, and then you're also going to have lost the series. What you have to do is you have to do what I did, which was bet on the team, bet on TSM. And then when CLG loses, then you get unicorns. But if CLG wins, it's okay because your team won. I'm okay with losing some unicorns. You gotta hedge your bets here. You folks. bet on TSM twice last week, Walter. What are you talking about? You didn't hedge at all. That was different. No, no, no. I hedged <laughs> in the in the the two final er, yeah the two final matchups between TSM and CLG. I gambled on CLG in both of them. Fair Not enough. because I necessarily thought CLG oh overwhelming. Yeah, they're absolutely gonna win. But because no matter what happened, I won. I either won unicorns and my team lost, or my team won and I lost unicorns. 
That's a smart gambler right there. That's a smart gambling fan. Don't bet on CLG. Don't talk yourself into this corner. I promise you it just ends in heartbreak. I love Smug Walter. This is just the best. Let's keep going. Phoenix 1 versus Dignitas. We already talked about Phoenix 1. I am high on Dignitas, Walter. I have them. Oh, would you look at that? I have them. Would you look at that? I know. No way. I know. I have them all the way up at fifth right now in my power rankings, which is a little bit higher than I think most people have them. But it's worth pointing out their wins this split include beating Phoenix 1 earlier this split and now this 2-0 over FlyQuest. They seem to be performing at their best when they're playing quality teams. Is this them turning the corner, Walter? Are you ready lost to put a game them... to Team Liquid this week. That's a good point. That's a good counter argument. I was say, like, you're, you're like, I, they're turning a corner. They did lose a game to Team Liquid. I just want to burst your bubble just right quick. Just make sure that we aren't going totally off into the wild blue yonder. Uh, but I do think that they are turning that corner. I think this is definitely a, a mirror to last uh, to the summer splits uh, Phoenix one. Mm-hmm. I can see this being a team that's going to rise here in the second half, and that's why I have them as one of, like, I think they can truly contest for a playoff spot. I think this is a four-team race for two spots. And it it could be Echo Fox and, you know, right now, Dignitas and Echo Fox are on the outside looking in. It could just as easily be those two guys in the playoffs and CLG and Immortals out of it by the end of the split. Yes. It very easily could be. Uh, so I think they are turning a corner. I just think it's they need to just... Keep figuring out a way to get Lod going. Keep yes. get, figuring out a way to get Chaser going or Keen. They need to have an alternative win condition other than here someday carry us to the promised land because, listen, he's good. I just, it's too obvious. It's just too obvious. Like, oh, they want someday to carry. Who will we camp then? Let us see. So they're, they're starting to figure it out. And maybe it's just the cop honeymoon phase. Maybe not. Can, maybe he's got Jordan's secret stuff in a water bottle. I, I don't know, but they 2 owed FlyQuest. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, and, but can we just take a moment? Like, I'm genuinely... I, I mentioned this in my power rankings, but I, I want to take a moment here to say I'm actually kind of upset at all the praise that Cop got last uh, during week five because Cop hadn't become a coach there as the main coach until, like, three days beforehand. What did he actually do? It That's not, like, I've been a coach. It is hard to cha- make an entirely new system, let alone do it in three days. Like, the, what they did this move so that he could prepare over the course of these last two weeks. This is when we get to see what Coach Cop is capable of. But the idea that we were pouring praise on him for a job that he had barely started and was probably just getting the prep work done to get used to what champions these guys play, what strategies they feel the most comfortable with. Like, it's really dismissive of what a head coach's job is to say that three days alone is enough to fix everything. Like, if if it was that easy, we wouldn't have all of the coaching problems that I had to complain about in Europe yesterday. It's really short-sighted and the kind of thing that happens when you try to attribute narrative rather than actually talking about what's on the rift. I hate it. I hope Cop's a good coach. I hope that everything works out in this new system he puts in and whatever adaptations he does works out great. But let's give him credit when he's actually done his job, not when he was barely signed on to the project. That seems way too, uh, you know, just, you know, 
it, it's it the pushes it way too far. Yeah, it's, it's the Weldon effect. It's we're giving Weldon all the credit for everything that TSM did when you know. Yeah, it's it, there are a lot of moving pieces. Dignitas was moving towards this direction before last week. Yeah. It just took a while to figure out how to take that weight off of someday and put it towards other places. Where do you think the line is, Walter? I have Phoenix one minus three hundred. Okay, I got this one almost exactly. I had Phoenix 1 minus 240. It is Phoenix 1 minus 238, which puts Dignitas at plus 175 and might be worth coming back to for some value. I, not that I'm anti-Phoenix 1. I think they're a good team, but I think Dignitas might win this series 40% of the time, 45%. It's in play. We'll have to come back to it. I think, I think if... Phoenix one beats CLG, then potentially Dignitas wins it. Yeah. Because I don't know if Phoenix one goes 2-0 again. Phoenix one does not go 0-2 this week. I'll put it that way. So they, they, don't, they don't go 2-0 either. Yeah. This, is, so. this feels like a very much a one in one week. Yeah. Um, TSM versus Dignitas, meanwhile. I don't think that's going to be... I don't think TSM's aiming for a one in one week. I think Dignitas would be very happy going one in one I don't think TSM is going to take any loss to a, you know, sub top four team very well. Yeah. What's the plan here? If you're, if you're Dignitas, what are the holes that you as a TSM fan have noticed that Dignitas should try to exploit this week? The problem is I don't think they have the right player. I still think it's TSM's early game. I still think Svenskeren is being a little skittish. I still don't think he's really trying to impose his will on the early game. He's much more reserved than he was in the summer split as he was at Worlds. Um, and, and I still blame it on that that Fizz game from Jensen. Like, it spooked him. He's like, I don't want to gank anymore. It doesn't really work. Um, but the problem is Chaser is not a, like, in-your-face, constantly ganking, super aggro jungler. Like, he's laid back, let me play Rek'Sai and just kind of be very... Uh, you know, very ward control, very, you know, map map dominant as opposed to, like, lane dominant. You know, he doesn't have a ton of jungle presence um, in terms of in the lanes, but he has a lot over the course of the map. There's not very... It's not very often that there's fog of war um, in key spots, you know, against Dignitas. They usually have all the entrances into the river covered once they move into the enemy jungle. They do a very good job placing deep wards so they can see entrances in. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe try and force him onto Rengar. I'm still not sold on Svenskeren's Rengar, especially with the Norse that he's received. Um, that would be where I'd kind of try and pinch him, but I just don't think Dignitas has quite the jungler to take advantage of Svenskeren's newfound skittishness. And to be fair, like the Cloud9 and the FlyQuest series did a lot to help me kind of like dissuade. Like, all right, he's starting to come back, but he still does have this kind of like iffy early game where I don't feel 100% confident with it. Yeah. No. Chaser is the kind of thing that... It's the exact opposite jungler that you want in this particular situation. Doesn't make him a bad jungler, mind you. I think he has clear weaknesses, but I think he's perfectly adequate. You know, I don't think he's actively hurting the team, per se. It's just not the guy that you want to turn to to be a playmaker... And that's what Dignitas are going to need. They're going to need multiple playmakers on the map. Because we all know TSM's got playmakers. Wild Turtle will flank in the jungle to get a play if it forces some sort of exciting thing to happen. That's just where we are nowadays. 
put him on the front lines and let's see what happens. I I don't think the firepower is there for Dignitas either. They are on blue side, and it is worth noting, LCS predict, they ran the numbers, 60% of teams on blue side are coming away with a victory right now. That is astronomically high and higher than it's been at any other point in League of Legends that they've measured. Obviously, uh, coming down a little bit as people are getting more used to the pick and ban phase, but it is worth noting Dignitas is on blue side here. So a at least a three-game series might be in play, but I do think TSM has it. Where do you think the line should be, Walter? I have TSM at minus 333. Okay. I got this one almost exactly as well. I said TSM minus 320. It is TSM minus 323. So very close. Uh, both of our bets were probably, if you did it in decimal, would have been within 0 0.02 of each other. But that puts Dignitas at plus 230 as an underdog. And I'm just, you know, TSM has yet to beat anybody. No, no. In a 2-0. Okay. I thought you were going Dignitas wins this series. It, isn't it in play? At least a little bit? Like, it, like TSM, is TSM really going to go 4-0 and over the last I, two weeks? I don't think someday can beat Haunters twice. That's fair. Haunter That's, looks great for the record. Ha Haunters, when he is on tanks, is the best top laner in North America. When he's on tanks. When you put him on carries, <laughs> he falls a couple spots. So... I, I just think TSM needs to just suck it up and go, okay, fine, we'll put him on Poppy if we have to. But, like, keep him on a tank. At least that he can be useful. Like, sure, someday gets Jace. Someday gets Reductin. Survive the early game. That's all Haunters has to do. That's all he has to do for this team. Mm -hmm. It's Haunter, it's Dyrus 2.0. That's, <laughs> like it or not, that's kind of what it is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I and think they, TSM maybe, fans will live with it. What is a 3-0? Or not? What is what is three maps? Uh, three maps. I will look that up right now. Let's get uh, a couple quick hits out of the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, game of the week in opposite world. We've got Team Liquid versus Echo Fox, and the battle of which one of these teams can do something of value here. Where do you think this uh, this match goes, Walter? So, so whoever wins this match, it turns their season around. Yes. I think if Team Liquid wins this match, then they slingshot themselves into that. Okay, maybe they can make the playoffs conversation. And this keeps Echo Fox in the, okay, maybe they can make the playoffs conversation. If they lose this, then, like, it's rough. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's a, it's a rough going from them from here on out. Um, they still would have a series against Envious, but they lost the first time they played Envious. You know, they still have matchups with Cloud9, FlyQuest, um, they still would have a matchup with TSM. Like it, they need to beat the bad team. They they absolutely have to. And you know, we we mentioned earlier, Team Liquid's only beaten they beat Echo Fox and they beat uh, CLG. So you know, Echo Fox needs to have this for a potential of seven, you know, eight nine seed tiebreaker potentially. So this is really important. I really think they need to get a two zero here in particular. Uh, to really kind of have a, a stronghold on, you know, avoiding relegation. Um, that being said, I have Echo Fox at minus 200. Okay. I believe, yeah, I'm going to get this one and with it the week because I said Echo Fox minus 175. 
It is Echo Fox minus 137. That puts Team Liquid at plus 105. I love you, Unicorn, and you know I do. We, we sing your praises at the beginning of every pod. Proud to have you as our sponsors, but... uh, That's an awful way to lose. Just so you know, that yeah. is like genuinely an awful way to lose this that, week. That's not, that's not fun. I, I hope that I win at least one more point, because otherwise I'm going to feel a little bit cheap for winning that one. That is a weird line. That is a that is a weird line. Even if Team Liquid hadn't made any roster moves, like they're not accounting for roster moves. Yeah, but even then, that's too low. Like I don't, I don't know what we saw from Liquid even before the roster moves that would have them at plus one hundred five versus anybody right I now. I mean, they did win one game in both of their series against. Uh, sure. Uh, in, in the last week, so sure. Okay. I'm, uh, uh, I, I'm Echo, still not... Echo Fox 2-0 is at plus 210. That it is. And I, I, I think that's worth mentioning. The other thing worth mentioning, you asked what Dignitas and TSM were for uh, uh, for three maps. Yeah. That is plus 120. So, let's, uh, let's breeze through one more bet real quick before we get to the actual match of the night. Uh, Immortals versus Envious. I, don't, I think we've spoken on both these teams enough. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Immortals minus two seventy five. Okay, you get this one. Uh oh, <laughs> it's uh. I said Immortals minus two fifty. It is Immortals minus three forty five. Not playing around with Envious anymore. The casinos have accepted that this is just who they are. Uh, Envious at plus two forty five. I still wouldn't touch it. So, let's move on to the game of the week. Cloud Nine versus FlyQuest. Two teams that the last time they met were at the top two of the standings. Nowadays, Cloud9 took a little bit of a step back last week. FlyQuest took a pretty sizable step back over the last two weeks. How does FlyQuest stop the skid and get back to the level of play they were at heading into week four? How do they get back to that? Or is that something that it's not going to be able to get back to? Where, where do you stand on FlyQuest right now? This is the fallback to Earth. Mm. And it centers around high. Um... TSM really gave them a lot of gifts in games two and game three of just walking into Oriana Vaults. Yes. I, 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 and this isn't even, this is me shutting off the I'm a smug TSM fan, and this is just me being a very honest analyst. FlyQuest game two, once they fell behind, their way back into it was Betamin, 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 Alt. And they, they were begging TSM to come after them begging them to engage. And the second two or three people got too close, Orion alt. It, that's how he got the pentakill. That's how he got most of his really solid engages that sort of stalled the game out enough until he could make that gutsy, just go for it call and, and, and try to end it. Um, Hai's never played this well in his career. He has never been this mechanically good. Ever. It, it just never He's always been the guy that made up for his lack of mechanical skill with, I'm going to roam around a lot. I'm going to ward a lot. I'm going to make sure that if my laner leaves lane, you know where he's going. If I leave lane, he doesn't know where I'm going. That's when he's been at his best. And now he's he's just playing out of his mind, and he's roaming on things like Sinjuro, like Corky, like Oriana. But these are not really traditional roaming kind of champions they're more lane bullies and he's starting to get punished because teams are starting to pen him into his lane 
they're starting to rotate their supports up. And, you know, High starts to leave land, and all of a sudden he sees, oh, the support's missing off the map. I don't know where the jungler is. I'm going to walk into him. I got to go back up. You'll notice the last week, week and a half, he started going top more. He's not going bottom anymore because the supports are coming up because a lot of teams are focusing their junglers there because, let's be honest, Alltech is a better carry than Balls is. Mm-hmm. He's a more consistent carry. It's a little bit better to get that gold onto your 80 carry than it is your tank top later. Let's, let's be honest. So he's starting to go top more. Moon is starting to go top more. And teams are just saying, okay, we'll win the bottom half of the map. We'll take Dragon and we'll take a tower. Okay. That sets us all up for when we go for Baron at 30 minutes. Your bot lane is falling behind. Your, you know, your siege, your wave clear, your tower damage is falling behind. Um, so I think teams have just adapted to him, and I think High's mechanical skills are starting to falter. Um, I, I made a joke on uh, on Twitter. Stillwell brought up that you know everyone says you know oh Pawn or, or Faker was the best uh, mid laner in 2015. He's like, nah, it was Dotty. Yeah, and and you know statistically that's just not true. That's just not a factual statement. You're bringing into account his like shot calling prowess and the fact that he was the general of that team and the fact that the entire team played this very funky team fight kind of style and you're attributing that to Dade and I made the joke oh in three years we're going to be talking about how in 2017 High was a better mid laner than Bjergsen. Mechanically, he's almost at Bjergsen so far in this split, but Bjergsen's been playing at this level his entire career and this is this is like when a quarterback starts throwing like not throwing interceptions. It's like if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes six weeks and throws two interceptions, you're like, okay, when's the five interception game coming? Like, when is it going to happen? I, I'm just waiting Wait, for that moment. I thought you were supposed to sign him to a massive contract when he does five games without yes, interceptions. Yes, that, I mean, <laughs> I, ble- I bleached that out of my mind, but the point still stands. I'm just waiting for that moment where high falls back to earth. And I think this past week was it. Because he didn't really stand up to Ryu very well. He didn't stand up... Or he didn't stand up to... Um, to Keen very well. Yes. He didn't stand up to Keen, which is kind of worse than Ryu. Yes. And he, he didn't stand up to Bjergsen. Laning phase, he was absolutely crushed by Bjergsen. And again, it was these team fights where TSM just said, Alright, we're going to blindly walk in. Because, you know, you're, you're, kiting, you're not kiting back fast enough so we can get on top of you and then throw the Oriana all and and there's a one team fight so um i'm very worried about FlyQuest actually i i think that they're probably going to end up fourth at the end of the split going into the playoffs that's very possible and i i honestly i'm even a little bit more worried about FlyQuest than you and part of this is because i you know talked myself into it before the season oh this is a team that's going to do well early and then as soon as other teams start to develop synergy, the talent's going to mean they drop off. Right. I don't think they're going to drop off nearly as much as I thought at the beginning of the season, but yeah. that is something I'm still watching out for. And it is worth noting, you know, I gave Cloud9's early game a hard time earlier. Blackhost right now are currently leading the league with a 57.7 early game rating. And what we saw in the previous series, going back to week four, that these two teams faced off against each other, game one, FlyQuest won the early game, Cloud9 had the superior team fighting, and won that game while behind in gold. Game two, FlyQuest had the lead, and they never gave it up, and it was a pretty convincing victory. Game three, Cloud9 had the lead, and FlyQuest showed the problem that I've had with them in all of their losses, which is that they do not know how to play well from behind. 
They haven't really had to because Moon has been so dominant in the early game. But when they can't do it, it kind of reminds me of H2K to a certain extent. You know, there's obviously certain fundamental differences in how they play, but it's the same idea of the jungler gets the rest of the team ahead, so then the team fights go off cleanly, so they win the game. And if you don't hit that first step of getting our jungler ahead, of getting that early lead that can snowball the team fights in their favor, that's when FlyQuest struggles. And mm -hmm. it's going to be a matter of can their early game punish Cloud9 enough that what I would consider the superior team fighting of Cloud9 cannot overpower the raw just stats and gold and items and everything else that FlyQuest accumulates in the early game with their more aggressive shot calling. It's going to be a fun series, I think, no matter what. I think either team, we're going to learn a lot about either way in terms of how they handle these kinds of situations and, and how teams are likely going to try to attack them moving forward. Walter, where should the line be? I need to make you feel bad, so I need this line. I know. Cloud9 minus 175. Okay, you do get the line, so I do feel bad. You should feel terrible. I do. I terrible. I, look, Unicorn, if you're listening, this is what you've done. You've made me feel bad for winning. But I don't feel that bad, because it puts me to 7-5 to five out of the champion, our uh, overall quest of the challenge. So I'm... I'll take the win. I had Cloud9 minus 150. That was too low. It is Cloud9 minus 238. Which seems a little high to me. FlyQuest at plus 175 is some legit value. That is some legitimate value right there. It is? Which, which of these two teams do you feel more confident about them falling apart, though? I mean... If you're asking me to feel confident in any North American team, you're going to have a hard time, Walter. That's not how any of this works. If, if, you, if I said today, which one of these two teams is in the in the LCS finals? Cloud9. Which one do you say? Cloud9 is much more reliable than FlyQuest, I think. Right now. Right now, I go for Cloud9. That's, that's my thoughts. But it was... I mean, FlyQuest should have won that series 2-0, right? We, we remember this? If they'd won game one and not walked into a Terrick ultimate for no value in a Baron that they didn't need to grab, they win this series? To, I, to, be, fair though, like, to be fair, though, you bring up Cloud9 has this, you know, oh, but, you know eighth best early game rating. It's 46.1. They're mid to late game rating. So, so Tem7 Houston's early game rating is pre-15 minutes. If they get past 15 minutes... Their win percentage, like, jumps 21 and a half points. Yeah, well, that's, to, to be clear, if you haven't looked at mid to late game rating before, it is literally total win percentage minus early game rating. That's all it is. It doesn't necessarily measure anything beyond that. It just shows, you know, if you have a good mid to late game rating, it means you've adjusted for being behind. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think that's absolutely true for Cloud9. Um, so. I understand why you want to stay away from that one, but that means we have to find value elsewhere, Walter. So what are you seeing? Where do you want to go instead? Like, do we go for Immortals to get the two over Team Liquid? That's that, that's that's the first one I'm thinking. I like that one, actually. Yes. Okay. I really like that one. So that's plus 175 to 2-0 Team Liquid yep. for Immortals. Yep. What are the other two that are coming out to you? Um, on the screen. I like... <sighs> I kind of like Dignitas forcing a third map. Yeah, I, I like that one too. I just, TSM hasn't really won uh, cleanly. Uh, 
And we're looking at blue side advantage is legitimate. And I think that Dignitas is good enough that that will matter. Uh, what, uh, what else? We need one more, Walter. What, what do you think is more likely? CLG beating Phoenix 1 or Dig beating Phoenix 1? I think that... Oh, that's so tough. I, I think I'd rather have Dignitas. Because as much as, you know, that plays into the arrow bot lane that could just dominate, you know, CLG, their strengths match up very well with Phoenix 1 strengths. And I think Phoenix 1 is just the better team. While someday could go off against Zig. I'm not that confident in Zig compared to... But I'm not that confident yeah. in Darshan either. It's... Yes, it's just it's. I think or, Dignitas. Or do, or is the one I if you had, yeah. if you had to ask me between those two, I have Dignitas, and please, it's a slightly better odds too. That's plus one seventy five. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm looking at LCS predict, and and Steve Kapmeyer has them almost like exact. Has CLG and Dignitas's likelihood of beating Phoenix one almost the same? Yeah, it's at like thirty three point seven percent. Yeah, both teams so, are almost. They're both identical red the side. Moves. They're both red side. I yeah, I like Dignitas's upside more. Yep. I'd say let's go for it. Okay. Let's we're, do it. We're going in on Dignitas hype. Last week, we went in on TSM. That worked. This week, we're telling you about Dignitas. And next week, come back. You know, we do our guest lines every week. Wednesday release for Europe. Thursday for North America. You can tell us whether we were right or not. And please do. You know, we read every comment in the comments section. I love to see it. Even when you hate us, we love to talk to you guys about it. So comment down there. Tell us on Twitter. You know, I'm at RedshirtKing. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? So you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. And I just want to take a moment. We have a couple things coming up for you fine folks at home. Indeed. As I mentioned earlier, we have a, a special podcast that will be coming out on Monday that I think you guys will all be very interested in. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Chase had a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah. But before that, on Saturday... March 4th, uh, we're going to be streaming again. And we're going to be streaming some foul play. We're going to want to want to finish that one up. We streamed that a couple weeks ago, and we really enjoyed playing it. So we're going to do that. We're going to play another game. What was the what was the other game called? Uh, Jump Jet Rex. Jump Jet Rex. Oh, which yeah. Which looks like it's T-Rexes in jetpacks. So that looks fantastic. So make sure you guys follow twitch.tv backslash rough drafts podcast. I'm sure we'll be talking about some of the action that's been going on. Uh, we'll have at least seen one liquid game at that point. So maybe we'll have some hot takes. And it's always fun when you guys come to hang out. So we'll tweet out what time we do that. It'll probably be evening, like 7 or 8 o'clock Eastern time. But be sure to check out both of our Twitters and the Rough Drafts podcast Twitter to find out exactly what time that is going to happen. Absolutely. We've got so much stuff coming down the pipeline for you guys. We're excited for you to see it. Come back next week and stay tuned for that all of our channels to make sure that you're always on top of this. And until next time, bye, Internet. Hey there, C80's here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel. 
and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.